You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Well, I hope everyone had a very, very Merry Christmas. Coming up next, New Year's Day. Of course, we know what that means. Alabama and Michigan. It's a week away. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson taking some family time at Christmas. Good for him. And Justin Jones, our former producer, a longtime hang-around guy, if there is such a thing, <laughs> joins us. Um, how are you, Justin? I appreciate you uh, hanging out in the studio with us today. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm glad to be uh, here. And I, it's just, it's in the air, Matt. I, it's really time for some Alabama, Michigan and some college football playoffs. So I'm excited to, to talk to you about it today and, and get things going. That'll be our topic. No question about it. Several others. It was a busy weekend as far as bowls, the Birmingham Bowl. You know, we had that right at Protective Stadium, downtown, uptown Birmingham. And then uh, there were bowls all weekend, and there are three today. And then you mix that in with a lot of NFL. I don't know about you, Justin, but I spent a lot of time with a plate in my lap watching <laughs> football. Uh, I've, I've done the exact same thing, and I think I'm, I'm a little food hungover, if there's such a thing, after <laughs> eating so much yesterday, uh, spending time with the family. Um, but that's, that's all you can ask for at Chris, Christmas Day. Yeah, that's what you want to be with. So, you know, obviously, we realize the importance of this date and the birth of Jesus Christ. But you like to be around your family and friends. And I don't know if you got little ones in your family, but go over and see my three grandchildren. It's just a joy to watch them because they're so lit up. And as my daughter told me, he said, guess what, Dad? They haven't fought all day. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I do wonder something you, you mentioned about having a food hangover. I definitely think that's possible, but I don't know if you can get sore from it, but can you get sore from eating too much? I was walking down my stairs a minute ago and I was having to go step by step. I'm going, what happened? So there are a lot of results from having a lot of food and that's, that's part of it. But anyway, I hope, did you uh, get what you wanted for Santa little boy? <laughs> Santa did come by by my house. Um, you know, I, I'm not too picky nowadays. I'm I'm kind of in the in between where uh, I'm I'm no longer a kid, so I, I don't want the the newest uh, action figure or anything. Um, <laughs> but I did get some nice presents. Uh, I, I got a nice watch, uh, a comforter. You know, some very grown presents. <laughs> um, I got a globe. I love globes. Yeah. Those are hard oh, to come pretty, by, too. Yeah. Oh, we. Uh, my wife found it at like an antique shop. Oh, it's nice. one of those old ones that like you had in your classroom at school. Yeah, yeah. Like a world um, globe or like a snow globe? Yeah, no, it's a world. You know, it's a, it's a globe of the world. Yeah, it's circular, you know, on its axis. You can spin it around, put your finger on there, and say, I'm going to live here. You remember doing that? Yeah. Um, now you actually have to do not, it too, right? Yeah, but it has it has a light in it. It's it's very old and very cool. Uh, but yeah, you can turn the globe on and then spin the world on its axis. Pretty cool. But as I was talking about a minute ago, I love it with kids and saw my kids yesterday, my grandchildren. That really made it big time. Coming up on the show, Jeff Spiegel will join us at the bottom of the hour. Of course, he's the longtime sports director for ABC thirty three forty. 
We'll do that. Hey, did you see Hurts yesterday? I'll bet you were watching the National Football League. Watched Jalen? I did. Um, they struggled still, but, I mean, they got yeah. out the win. So they, they, they're looking to get into the playoffs, I think. They're done with the regular season. Or at least they wish they were. Um, yeah, but they're really close. Did you see what they're calling the pass? No, I, did, I didn't see on there. He he threw this unbelievable like 25-yard pass that was just perfectly over the cornerback and dropped right down to his receiver just before the safety got there. It was a thing of beauty. And according to what I was reading this morning, it's called Hurts and the pass. It was pretty. I didn't know if – I didn't think it was like – I say it was a really good pass, very accurate, took a lot of touch, but I don't think it could compare to what happened down at Jordan-Hare Stadium. <laughs> they, the, the Eagles have a, a nickname person. I feel like everything they do has a nickname. We got the, the <laughs> tush push and our brotherly shove. I, they, somebody's got to be on that sideline with a notebook just writing ideas down. Never thought about that. That could be the case. Oh. Um, Anyway, there was that part of it. And, um, did you watch any other sports over the weekend? Anything of note? No, a, a lot of football, a lot of uh, NFL. Um, early Christmas gift, uh, me and my younger brother were actually up in Nashville watching the Titans and the Seahawks play. Um, so really football-filled uh, weekend and, and celebrating. So it was uh, a lot of watching football, then get going home, and then watching some more on the TV. Well, a lot of that can be had, and uh, I'll give you a lineup here in just a minute on how many games we actually have on the schedule today. It's uh, It's been a wonderful Christmas so far, but three more bowls today. I don't know, did you have a chance to watch any of the Birmingham Bowl? I mean, pretty competitive game. Duke won at 17-10. to 10. I think Troy helped him out a little bit, but glad I... it looked like there was a pretty nice crowd. Yeah, I, I did catch some of it. I, I saw a lot of the um, the the Duke fans, and and I kind of crossed paths on our, our individual way home. Um, I think Troy Troy's played good. They've actually played very, very good the last couple of years, and they've done a, done a great job. And as you can tell, their coaches are are finding jobs here and there all throughout um, college football. It's just there's there's always seems to be a little gap. Um, Duke isn't particularly known for their football, clearly. And they still kind of have an edge over a team like Troy. I think we'll see that again with Oregon and Liberty in that bowl game coming up where Liberty has played good the past couple of years. There's always seems to be a gap, though, from these higher echelon programs or schools than there are to, to schools like Troy and Liberty. True, but good years for them. Um, and, you know, our other state schools uh, played bowl games. South Alabama. Uh, of course, Jacksonville State's one of the best stories in all college football because they won their bowl game. They're 1-0 in bowls. So, And then later this week on uh, Saturday, 1 o'clock, up in Nashville, there's going to be another one. And that's <laughs> Auburn and Maryland. You got a feel on that one? I, I thought I did, but then because of the way the transfer portal and, and college football is nowadays – uh, we don't know exactly who's going to be playing. We know Robbie Ashford's left for Auburn, um, and they're going to stick with um, the other guy. And then we know for, for Maryland, they're not going to have Talia. It's going to be a big question, and that's kind of the question that's drawn up 
around a lot of these bowl games because it's really not so much who's going to win the game, but who's going to play in the game. I think it's going to be a good matchup regardless, and actually pretty evenly matched teams, I would like to think, because uh, I think Maryland put up a good fight against Ohio State and Michigan. And then we know what Auburn's done is they almost ruined Alabama's season a couple weeks ago. No question about that. A friend of mine I grew up with gave me a shout last night and said, I'm going. I may go to the Music City Bowl. It's probably going to be it. I, just being in Nashville just a couple days ago, it was perfect. Sun, it was cool, so you could wear a sweatshirt. I'm sure yeah. it'd be a good time. I think I'm going to take him up on that. All right, you're listening to Big Noon Sports with Matt Coulter and Justin Jones. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Remind you that this show is presented by Haley Sansing, Union Hall Mortgage. Tuscaloosa weather. Well, sunshine has been increasing through the morning hours. We look for that trend to continue into afternoon. The daytime high today near 58. Tonight we'll go down to 36 with partly cloudy skies. Then for your Wednesday, a decent supply of sunshine and an afternoon high near 58. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It is Big Noon Sports. Justin Jones along with Matt Coulter. We've got Noah Haynes in the house as well. We'll take a lot of phone calls today. Let's fill the ground balls. Let's take a little infield on the phone at 205-342-9904. In fact, uh, let's rouse them as we speak. Let's go to Alf. What a great name. Alf. There we go. Lipke to Blouser over to the – who's first base at that time? Lipke, Blouser. I don't know, Matt. Uh, who played who, who played in 91? Who would be the uh, first baseman for the Braves? Was it Fred McGriff? Oh, I thought he was 93. Yeah. He, didn't he come in with the crime dog and the fire and all that? Who was yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't on the original team that went from worst to first. Man. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, going to kill us. Was man. it uh, Mike, Mike Bell? No. Uh, Mike Bell. Bell. Uh-uh. I don't know who it would be. I mean, hmm. after Horner, uh, I don't know. Somebody will know. Somebody will call in and tell us. <laughs> yeah, somebody needs but to. Those, I don't, you those know brain trivia questions don't go long. So, <laughs> Well, uh, that's such a good question. I hesitate from looking it up because I think my brain should be able to remember that without the aid I know, of I don't computer. need to look it up. As soon as uh, you said uh, hit a couple of ground balls, that's immediately, I, immediately what I think is is uh blouser to limpy um or limpy to blouser but uh anyway al uh, obviously you're a braves fan oh yeah you remember how well limpy hit in postseason oh yeah it was crazy uh i you know i've got my two dogs they both just passed away uh one was uh smoltz and one was blouse one was smoltz and one was uh um dad gummer boy it's getting bad uh the, the mad dog, Maddox, Max and Smoltz. So we called we called her Maddie. Uh, but my next you know, two are going to be Blouser and uh, Lipke. 
but uh, you know, you got to keep that tradition going. Uh, yes, you do. Uh, well, a couple of quick things, Matt, uh, and then I got I got something I need to ask you. Uh, the first thing is, did, did y'all get a chance to see uh, Deontay Wilder fight? No, I read about uh, it. Golly, he just I, almost like he didn't train. I don't I don't know what. Yeah, I know he's got new representation of trainers and all that stuff now, but he did not look good at 38. It it may be that time. You know, he's he's always had problems with his hands crumbling, and you know he hits so hard that he breaks his own hand. Well, yeah. Alf, did did you watch it, Alf? Yeah, I watched a lot of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so break it down for us because uh, I I didn't watch it either. Uh, I just uh, just uh, read friend, it. A friend of mine just called in and said it's Sid Breen. Sid Breen. Oh, Bream. yeah, because he scored from second. Bream. That's right. Yeah. Sid Bream. Yep, that's who it was. How did we forget that? Uh, you know, Sid uh, Bream. Um, Sid Bream once said, because you know about the story, Francisco Cabrera hits the single. Of course, right. Bream scores. But, you know, Bream wasn't fast. I mean, really. No, 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 say, no, no, no. He wasn't. He was just slow. But he had yeah. he'd had foot problems all his career. And he said... When I run, it's like I've got marbles in my spikes. That's just painful as hell sounding. Well, yeah, he's a you know he's a preacher now, or he was. Said Sid Breen, um, and I had talked to him one time somewhere, and he said something so funny. He said he was well known around the league for turning a triple into a single. Ah. He, was that, <laughs> he was that kind of that kind of slow. <laughs> so, uh, That's... but um. The, I, I just want to see if y'all caught the Wilder fight. I know that we, we don't talk much boxing, but that it, it may be time for him to, to, well, do, something, to we, do something else. We don't talk boxing much, but we do talk Deontay Wilder because he's our guy, you know? Man, yeah. And I, yeah, um, he's. You know, 38 is old for a boxer unless you're George Foreman, but. He went 12, I, I, right? And then he lost in a unanimous decision. Isn't that correct? Yeah, but he he at any given time he could have gone down. Um, and I only watched about half of it, and he was just not in good shape. He was, uh, you know, rusty, and you know he had two years to train for this. I know a lot of the time he was watching his his wrist and his hand being broken, but he didn't look good. And, uh, here's my second question: how, how in the world is Michigan? And I know it's a gambling thing, but how is Michigan favored in this game? I have been asking. How long have we been asking that question? That's a, that's a great I, question. It was released. I don't understand it. Uh, I have looked at it different ways, and I've watched uh, some of their commentators talking about try, trying to keep it hyped up and things like that. But they do not. They're not good. They're, they, if they were in the SEC, they'd have two or three losses, in my opinion. From from what I've gathered, the consensus was always that Michigan started out the favorite. I think the line opened up. I think it stayed around just one and a half, uh, maybe yeah. two, some places. But the consensus was we're going to see this line drop and flip maybe as we get closer to the game. Um, like like you said though, I was like we're running out of time here uh, with this yeah, line. We are. There's a lot of people I know that have been waiting for that line to flip, and it just has not happened yet. And I, you know, sometimes when that happens, maybe Vegas knows something we don't know. Those big buildings don't get built because they don't know what they're doing. So I, you know, I just thought uh, maybe you true. would know that. But we got to hope they're wrong, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, last thing, and I'll let y'all go. And this is uh, for Matt. I, this tells you how long I've been listening to, to Matt Coulter. You remember the guy that used to call in in the 90s to your shows 
and he would start off with Matthew. <laughs> yes, yeah. now I can't remember his. Sid Brain. He was one of the regular guys that he knew. He knew football pretty well, and I he, he wasn't a guest, but he was pretty close. Uh, and I couldn't remember who it was, and I've been trying to think of his. He was one of the funniest people. You had to stand. You, you had to have the three second drop button. You know, readily available when he called. <laughs> but uh, he was one of the funniest people I had ever heard on radio that would just naturally call in. I I, I imitate him a lot when I'm trying to call into the to some of the shows to have some some things ready that are kind of funny. Uh but he was so funny and I just can't remember he but every time he'd open up Matthew and, I remember uh, it. I remember oh. it so well but I can't remember his name. Oh I know. I know who it was. Was it Big Laughing drinker. Tim? No, 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 no. Was nope, not Laughing nope. Tim? No, he's a big drinker. I thought you guys were pretty good friends back in the day. He would come in and, and host with you some. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about back oh, in the day. Oh, golly. Now, that was a long time ago. you talking about Alex Browning? That's it. Yes. That's Man, it. Man, he was a I great was... co-host. He'd say anything. <laughs> he was one of the funniest people. Uh, yeah. You, man, you turn in just to see what he's going to say, you know, that day. But uh, yeah. anyway. He, was my, he was my co-host for a while when we were at ERC in Birmingham. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's how far you well, and I go moved. back. I've been listening a long time. But, well, you know, I knew uh, you went back pretty far when you named your dogs Maddox and uh, Gladman. Yeah, Maddox, Maddox and Gladman. Yeah, yeah. Well, because that's us, thirty. Uh, that's thirty years ago, right? Yeah, I could. Part-time. You know, for the longest time, I was. I had the Sid Breen call from uh, Skip Carey memorized. Yeah. You know, here comes Sid. Here comes the throw. You know that whole thing. And uh, one of the most exciting nights of my life. I'll never forget where I was and who I was with and. Whenever I see those guys, we we still talk about, you know, we never thought Sid would get around on that thing, but uh-uh. Francisco hit it just far enough, and uh, it was a Vance Flake. Was, you remember who threw? You remember who was in left field for the Pirates? Yeah, well, I, it was Vance Flake or Bonds, wasn't it? I think it, it was, was Vance Bonds. Flake. It was Bonds? Okay, yeah. And he yeah. had a really good arm. The odds of Sid Breen scoring that run were very, very low. Right. That's right. Yeah. Especially since uh, Francisco Cabrera, he hit a rope now. That was a cheap yep. single, and so therefore the ball got to him quicker. But Alf, what a what? great stroll down memory lane. Oh, yeah. From yep. radio yep. to yep. I love those That's very cool. Yep. All right. Y'all have a good rest of your Christmas, and let's go get these Wolverines. That's I'm right. all about what you've been saying. All right. Sounds good. See you, Matt. <laughs> all right. See you, Alf. Thanks for your call. Um, man, that was a good call, call out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel, uh, I, I didn't have much to contribute there. My baseball knowledge is, is frankly lacking. Well, I guess I need to study. Let's, let's be honest here about the AIDS thing. You weren't even born when all no. the stuff you're talking about happened. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Uh, but anyway, it was, uh, I meant to ask him where he was when it happened. Just a, a quick trip back i was uh driving home and this is when the big play happened they just flipped the braves forever it was a playoff game and um atlanta was trailing or it was a tide and then big hit run scored braves win braves win it was just so unbelievable but i was a, a little superstitious and i'd been leaving 
been listening to it in my car and the Braves were playing really well. And then when they got into that situation, I pulled in my driveway. Um, I said, I can't go inside and watch this on TV. I can't go. I, I'm going to sit here in my car. And I let, just sat in my driveway uh, waiting as the tension mounted uh, because I, I wasn't going to jinx anything, you know. And then when Brame scored, I, I got out of my car, ran around my front yard. <laughs> I don't know if the neighbors were watching or not. And I really didn't care at the time, but I was jumping and hooping and hollering because the Braves fans that had been with the team since they moved to Atlanta, there was one or two good years, but nothing like they had in the early nineties. I guess it was 91. So that was a great trip down memory lane. And I appreciate everybody putting up with it. And Al, thanks for your call. Hey, let's take a break. When we get back, we got Spigs. Jeff Spiegel, ABC 3340, who literally has his finger on the pulse of Alabama and Auburn football and basketball. We'll get to him on the other side of this break. As you listen to Big Noon Sport, Lars taking Christmas holiday. Justin Jones is in his stay. We'll be back. This show brought to you in part by Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker. Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. More big news sports coming up welcome back Matt Coulter along with Justin Jones Lars takes some holiday got family in town that's a very very cool thing meantime speaking of family he is just like that Jeff Spiegel from ABC 3340 Merry Christmas did you get everything you wanted oh my goodness yes Yes, I did. Let me let me let me tell you. Uh, my daughter got me a book about one of my all-time favorite athletes, Bo Jackson. And is it? You still hear me? Yeah, we go got ahead. You. Oh, terrific! And then my wife got me a record player with uh, with three albums. Um, and my daughter was also in on this gift too: Fleetwood Mac, Greatest Hits. Uh, the Eagles, which which was just, you know, everyone who knows me knows that I think that's the greatest all-time rock and roll band ever, Hotel California, and Steely Dan Asia. So, uh, so I've got a I've got a vinyl collection that I've started now. Wow! Wow! My <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, great Christmas. Does it have the speakers and everything with it? Yeah, there's uh, it's you know, it's 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 kind of um. 
you know, it's it's very small and compact, and it's got speakers built in with it, and and it sounds just tremendous. I mean, it's awesome. So it's really one of the coolest gifts I've ever gotten. I mean, and my wife and daughter are just so good at shopping for gifts, you know, for people, and yeah. and they're just they've got a I, I don't know I. I don't have like that thought process, you know, but, uh, but boy, they do. They are really good gift givers. That's all. Justin probably doesn't remember this, but back when Jeff and I were in college, he's younger than me, by the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not by much. Everybody not by had, much. Come on. That's most a good. Everybody had a stereo in their apartment and, the bigger, the better on the speakers. You remember, Jeff, oh, yeah. how big the speakers were? And now you can get one that fits in your hand that sounds better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, in- incredible. But, yeah, um, how about you guys? What did you guys get? <laughs> well, I-, I will say, Jeff, I, w- I am always intrigued by uh, by records. I think they're the coolest thing when you have the, the physical disc and the little waves are in the – music's like carved into it somehow the grooves the grooves yeah 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 um you know you you might beat me out though my my comforter my new comforter can't play music but it is you know it's quite warm i guess so i'll take that but that's cool yeah yeah i got a globe i love globes nice not a snow globe not a snow globe an earth globe because yes so i'm just weird like you know i like maps and and globes you know i just saw one of those we were over at a friend's house eating breakfast and i saw one of those you know globes and every time i see one of those first of all i want to spin it yeah and when i and when i spin it i think of that music video africa by toto why is that why do you think of toto but, but because it's in the music video, you know, the uh, the Africa song, you know, oh, they, the, the globe spins and everything. Uh, you got to look yes. it up. Uh, that's one of the greatest songs of all time. But uh, in a really cool video, too. Uh, Toto was really, they were stroking it back in our day. Fantastic. Great really, band. Really good band. Okay. Uh I guess we could take a minute here and talk about sports. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm writing down. I'm taking notes. I got. I need to go listen to some more of the Eagles and some yeah. Steely Dan and then and then Toto. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, by man. the way, Jeff, who is Jeff? Who is Nick Saban's favorite band? Uh, Eagles, I believe. Yeah. Is it? He likes the, he likes the Rolling Stones too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've. Uh, I've always been a big fan. I've seen them. I've been fortunate enough to see them a couple of times. And man, they'll uh, they'll make you rock and roll and want to grab a beer, and then they'll <laughs> turn around and make you cry. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, really, really good stuff. So okay, uh, are you hearing anything out of Tuscaloosa or Auburn uh, about some of these about bowl practices? Of course, both these teams are approaching practice about 180. I mean, Alabama's still trying to win a national championship. Auburn's getting the extra practice. That's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, that's a big deal, especially for the younger guys. Uh, you know, they'll the younger guys will, will probably, you know, get more work, I mean, during this time frame than, you know, than maybe, than maybe they've gotten all year. And, and one thing that's really 
you know, we're in the day and age now where, you know, everybody's enrolling early. And so, you know, these, these guys who enrolled early, they're taking part in these bowl practices. And, uh, and that's great, too, because it gives them a jump start, you know, on spring practice. And it, it lets them know what the routine is, you know, what's expected of them. You know, they, they've probably seen Alabama practices before, but until they've been in an Alabama or an Auburn practice, you know, they, they just don't know the pace. You know, it's certainly different than, you know, anything they've gone through in high school. You know, although I did hear Caleb Harris, you know, from Thompson High say, you know, we, we practice just like a college. In fact, you know, we call ourselves Thompson University, you know, because, you know, Mark Freeman puts them through, you know, a pace very similar to college. But, you know, it, it, it's definitely a level up. And, and I think it's, it's crucial for these guys, you know, who are enrolling early, you know, to get some work and know exactly what's expected of them when they get into spring practice. And with these guys that are coming in early, Jeff, I think at least in the off season this past summer, it was talked about how some of the, the guys that came in in the fall that weren't there in the spring were kind of at a disadvantage. Do you think this is going to be the norm for like every player instead of just these really high profile guys that are coming in? Well, it seems like uh, every year, you know, you have more and more, you know, you have uh, now, you know, it's just one of those deals where, you know, if you're going to enroll early, I mean, you, you got to start working on that stuff you know, pretty early, you know, to graduate early and, uh, and make sure, you know, you got, you got all your academics, you know, in order and, and all of that stuff. I covered a signing last week at Parker and, uh, where all three of those guys had enrolled early and, you know, Jeremiah Beeman was talking about how, you know, that they had to, you know, he, he had to really, you know, buckle down. He's a really good student, but you know, he had to buckle down to make sure that, you know, he, uh, you know, he crammed all that stuff in and in the amount of time that he needed to so he could graduate early uh, and enroll early. And, uh, you know, it's an exciting time for these guys who who just go from, you know, high school, just bam, like immediately into a college football practice. So, yeah, you're seeing more and more of that every year for sure. It's always amazed me. <clears throat> and now it's just double and triple down. Some of these kids are 16 years old and they're playing high school football one day. And then literally like a month later, they're making a million dollars a year and they go from driving a Vega to a Bentley. Um, it's Jeff, you know, you and I are both old school and I, I don't dislike that. I'm proud of it, but that's kind of hard for the older generation, the baby boomers to get their head around. Yeah, we were talking about this on the zone a couple of weeks ago and, and Ryan Brown was talking to me about, you know, Auburn's, you know, success on the recruiting trail and the fact that, and look, I, I, I don't pretend to understand all of the in and outs of the NIL, but I have heard that Auburn's in, in pretty good shape, you know, when, when it comes to this NIL collective. And that's a big recruiting tool for Hugh Freeze and a big reason why, you know, he turned in the, uh, the number seven class in the nation. And, um, you know, this NIL collective, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but we were talking about it on the zone and, and, and I was just, I was just shaking my head at just thinking about, you know, offering these guys, you know, all this money in terms of NIL, you know, right out of high school and, and how, you know, these guys, 
these kids, they need, you know, they need representation. They need people to advise them on, on how to, to maneuver through this and navigate all this because it, uh, shoot, if, if it made my head spin, I mean, it ain't happening to me. But if it was happening to me, it'd make my head like, you know, spin around a million times. So uh, I can understand uh, just, just the overwhelming you know, sense of it all as well. Very exciting, but overwhelming too. As far as the NIL goes, I think this year, I think it'd be safe to say that we'd have the record number of players sitting out of bowl games. I feel like an idea that's been tossed around is having NIL deals for these players so that you can have a Caleb Williams or uh, name, you know, name several other high tier college athletes that previously would skip out on a bowl game would play in a game to I guess garner more views more attention but also they would get paid to make their appearance do you think that could be something that would for I don't know the the pop-tart bowl or or something like that to to draw more attention to it and and actually see some of these players that are just NFL quality play one more game in a in a college uniform you know I don't think so I think one thing that the NIL has done is it has you know, convince players to, you know, if they were going to come out a year early, you know, to, to stay an extra year. And, uh, and, and I think Will Reichard is, is a good example of that. You know, he, he's, he's in a pretty good situation. I think when it comes to the NIL and or to NIL and, um, and so he, he was able to, you know, to stick around a year and I think it really benefited him. But, you know, if you're a guy who wants to get ready for the NFL draft, and you don't want to risk, you know, an injury in a bowl game. And we see it every year. I mean, um, you know, we saw it with the Ole Miss quarterback, I think, um, you know, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, and you, and you want to just opt out, you know, for those reasons and get, and get ready and start training and all that. Uh, every year, I think you're going you're gonna to see this happen. So uh, I think it's, uh, that, that's, I don't think that's ever going to go away through the break and give us a little bit more time absolutely yep you usually do thank you jeff we appreciate it that's jeff speak hey jeff as we roll out of the break tell everybody about the zone yeah absolutely uh, every sunday night at ten thirty-five on abc 3340 we are taking new year's eve off but we'll be back on january 7th on uh, abc 3340 at uh, 10 on sundays thanks so much for the plug absolutely it's a good trade situation you're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tune in to Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Well, sunshine has been increasing through the morning hours. We look for that trend to continue into afternoon. The daytime high today near 58. 
Tonight we'll go down to 36 with partly cloudy skies. Then for your Wednesday, a decent supply of sunshine and an afternoon high near 58. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Justin Jones is sitting in for Lars Anderson. I'm Matt Coulter, along with Noah Haynes, and our our guest is ABC 3340's Jeff Spiegel. Jeff, um, I know we keep discussing it, but it is game week time. Uh, Instead of giving me reasons why Alabama could win this game, give me reasons why Michigan could. Well, I uh, I don't think Alabama is going to fall victim to underestimating Michigan. I mean, come on, that's silly. I mean, Michigan's the number one team in the in the country, right? But but I do get why. And, and it, you know, when you sit around and talk about these games, you know, with family, I mean, we all we all talk about football. But there's a uh, there's something that concerns me a little bit. There seems to be a a general disrespect. Uh, for the Wolverines. And uh, I think it's because, you know, Jim Harbaugh was suspended for like half the season, you know, for uh, for all these, uh, you know, recruiting violations and then the uh, the side-stealing thing. And also the fact the last two years, I mean, they, they've really stubbed their toe in the playoffs. You know, yes. they got hammered by Georgia, and then they lost to TCU in the semifinals last year, which was kind of a head shaker especially after, you know, Georgia just, you know, boat raced TCU in the championship game. So there's a there's a feeling that, uh, okay, Michigan, you're number one, but you know what? You're not really number one, you know? But people, I think, are going to find out when this game kicks off that this is a really good Michigan football team. I mean, they, they can run the ball. I think J.J. McCarthy is is a guy who can – who's, you know, maybe a, a little more elusive than maybe people think. He's not Jalen Milrow by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, but he's a very mobile quarterback. They've got some pretty good receivers on the outside. They've got, you know, offensive and defensive lines, which are, you know, just as physical, you know, as Alabama's. So I think it's going to be a very closely contested game. I think it's got the potential of that, uh, but I will, but I will stand by this and I've said this for the last couple of weeks now, that if Alabama comes in and plays their very best and Michigan comes in and plays their very best, I think Alabama's got the chance to win this thing by a couple of scores. I mean, I think Alabama's that much better than Michigan. But that's not to say that, you know, they could come in and just and roll over these guys. I think there's a there's a there's kind of a, a disrespect maybe for what the Big Ten is doing. Not on the players' parts, but but you know maybe on the maybe on the fan bases part a little bit. So two two questions here, Jeff. Um, the first is Jim Harbaugh going to be rocking his classic khakis on the sideline? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah, he's no got question. to. Right? He's got to. Uh, and, and then second, kind of off of the, uh, the last there, going over the the individual parts of what makes that Michigan team so good. Are there any players that stand out to you that? Bama fans should be focusing on or take note of when they see them on the field. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, certainly Blake Corum stands out. You know, the running back. I mean, he's uh, he's terrific, and um, you know, and, and I think you, I think it all starts 
it all starts with a running game. I mean, that's that's Michigan's bread and butter. And the one thing, and and here's what I think too. I think a low scoring game, I think favors Michigan. I think a, a and and the fact that you know both offensive and defensive brunch for both teams are so good. I mean, it could be one of those games where the playmakers, you know, on these teams have kind of a hard time getting on track. And so then, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, what a lot of football games come down to, you know, is turnovers. You know, who wins the turnover battle? Because the defenses, both defenses are good enough to force them. And uh, and both offenses, you know, have to be able to take care of the football. And when you haven't played a football game in a long time and there's been a long layoff, there's there's going to be some rust. There's going to be some rust that you see you know, from both these teams, how quickly the team can shake off the rust, that's going to be the team that wins this game. Because if if you come out a little erratic in this game and you start turning the ball over a little bit, and if you get behind this Michigan team, this is this is a team that's not hard to, you know, to, to that's hard to come back against because, you know, they're the least penalized team, you know, in America. So they're they're not going to beat themselves usually. And so you just you don't want to get behind these guys and, and play catch up. Jeff Spiegel, ABC thirty three forty, is our guest. All right, I'm gonna go Harbaugh and Saban. You know they're trying to get Harbaugh to sign a contract long term, <laughs> but he cannot go to the NFL if he signs that. There'll be a uh, you know there'll be that'll be a part of the contract. Meanwhile, yeah. I just heard a guy talking this morning. Uh, about Nick Saban. So will Harbaugh be at Michigan? And if Nick Saban wins the national championship, does he put on his hat and ride off into the country in the sunset <laughs> or actually uh, go to Jupiter, Florida? Loaded question. Yeah, no. Uh, first of all, I think Harbaugh is going to turn down that deal and go to the NFL. Uh, second of all, if Nick Saban wins the national championship, he's not going to ride off into the sunset. This guy has shown this year, and I think it's been, I think it's been his best coaching job. I mean, I really do. And we talked, yeah, we've talked about this before too, that this team has connected with him, I think more than any other team he's ever had, which shows me that the dude still got it. He still got it. And, he, and, he's, and, he, and he's, he's got plenty of coaching left in him. And not only that, but it's one thing to have plenty of coaching left in you. It's another thing to still want to do it. And he yeah. still wants to do it. He loves to recruit. He loves to coach. And so, no, I think win or lose, I mean, I think he's coming back for another year or two, maybe three. Could be. That is interesting. I, I think uh... – Jim Harbaugh, as we as last night we just saw his brother put on an outstanding performance against the 49ers in the NFL. I've heard rumors of the Chargers job being a interesting spot for him. What what do you think? Do you think there is a team that could take him in the NFL? Well, I mean, uh I don't know. I think the Bears might be a good fit for him. I don't know. Uh you know, there there's a uh but he's but I think he wants I think he wants what his brother's got. I think he's a little bit, you know, he, he wants to, to get back in there and he wants to win a Super Bowl, you know, and, and I think he's, you know, we talked about this in the sports office yesterday about how, you know, what he's done at Michigan and how, 
Uh, I think he's he, he, he's done great things there. You know, he got off to a rough start, but you know, he is he is not underachieved at Michigan. I mean, he's done a great job there. So I think he can leave there with his head held high. Certainly, there's been some transgressions this year that have put him in a negative light. But uh, but I think you know the Michigan faithful adores this guy. You know, they want to keep him. Uh, but I think there's something inside of him that wants to, you know, get back in the National Football League and, and, and win that big game. Jeff, give me another spin on Auburn and Maryland. We talked about them, I guess, the, their quarterback situation. And just let me just rephrase it and ask you to just give me Jeff Spiegel's view on what Hugh Freeze has done at Auburn. Well, I think the first year, I think uh, we we would have been foolish to expect anything better, you know, than, than a six and six season, uh, because there was just there were there was a lot of stuff, the transition, and, and there was just a lot of stuff he had to fix, you know, and um, and you know, I think Peyton Thorne has uh, has certainly been a guy that that he believes in. I think he's one of the first to kind of you know throw his players and coaches under the bus when things go bad. But at the same time, you know, if he believes in you, he's going to stick by you, you know, publicly. And he's going to he's going to ride Peyton Thorne next year. And what's interesting to me is these receivers that he signed. He says, look, they're going to elevate my guy's game. They're going to make Peyton Thorne better. And it's amazing to me how I, I knew he was a great recruiter before. But this signing class has shown me he's not just a great recruiter. He's an elite recruiter. And, and you hear all these guys talk about him and talk about what he's selling and what he's preaching. And that's a word Caleb Harris used was preach. Um, and they, they, the guys are buying in, man. And I think if you're an Auburn fan, you're pretty, you're pretty excited about the future. And this guy's a pretty good X's and O's coach, coach but he's really good at getting the Jimmys and Joes, too. Jeff, as always, Thanks for your time. Glad you had a Merry Christmas. Enjoy your record player. And um, I guess my final question is, are you going to Pasadena? Johnny Condon and Chris McCulley are going to Pasadena. Jamie Hill is going to uh, Nashville. I'll be kind of uh, staying home, uh, you know, directing the traffic at the station. And if Alabama wins, uh, I'll uh, more than likely I'll be going to Houston. Well, here's hoping for a nice trip to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great day. You too. So, thanks, Jeff Spiegel. Uh, good guest. Really, really good man. Um, known him for 40 years now. Golly, I'm getting old. All right. Let's take our break at the top of the hour. When we get back, very interesting signing in the USFL. I think... Um, Football fans here will want to know it. They'll certainly recognize the name. You're listening to Big Noon Sports, top of the hour, 1 o'clock. Catch Christian and Corey Miller every weekday here on Tide 100.9. Coming up tomorrow on the Middle's Edge, it is game week. It's Rose Bowl. It's Bama, Michigan. And we're here for it. Chris and I will talk about it. We'll break it down. We'll look at some key matchups in this ballgame. Plus, we'd love to hear from you. 205-342-9904. That's the number for the program. Let's break it down together. It's the Village Edge. We're on the tie. 100.
or not. Tune in 11 to noon to hear Christian and Corey Miller break down everything from college to the pros on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Jingle those. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker who's as roll tied as houndstooth will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at the Bama broker.com. That's Laura Lee at the Bama broker.com. Prescriptions. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Isaac Lowenkron. Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin announced that Mason Rudolph will once again start at quarterback this Sunday at Seattle. Rudolph completed 17 of 27 for 290, two touchdown passes, no interceptions in Saturday's 34-11 win over the Bengals. The Steelers 8-7 and tied with the Colts, Texans, and Bengals for the seventh best record in the AFC due to tiebreakers, though. Pittsburgh presently has the nine seed. The Cleveland Browns plays quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson on injured reserve with a hip injury and signed P.J. Walker to the active roster to back up Joe Flacco. The Browns ruled out place kicker Dustin Hopkins for Thursday's game against the Jets with a hamstring injury. Riley Patterson will fill in for him. Browns also signed punter Matt Hawk to their practice squad. Corey Bohorquez is dealing with a quad injury. Cleveland at 10-5 and five is holding down the five seed in the AFC. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, welcome back. Matt Coulter along with Justin Jones and Noah Haynes. Lars is taking a day off or so here to visit with family over the holidays. And that's more than all right with me. We've got a really, we've got a blank canvas from now until 2 o'clock. So, I'd like to just urge you to call in, tell us what you got for Christmas, tell us what your grandkids got, talk about Sid Breen, talk (laughs) about Alabama and Michigan, please, because want some thoughts. It's real easy to do. It's 205-342-9904, and your calls, well, early and often. Or uh, even even if you don't want to call in, you can uh, download our Tide 100.9 app and you can send us a message or a voice message and we can see it and, and Noah can relay it to us and we will talk about it on the air. That's, a, that's another way to interact. Yeah, and uh, that's a great reminder about the app. You should go ahead and have it on your phone so you can listen to us all over the planet or all over my globe. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that sounded a little strange. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Here... Uh, I just saw this, and evidently it broke last night. So um, it's probably literally yesterday's news, but I thought it very interesting. Adrian Martinez, 
who was the very off and on again quarterback at Nebraska just a couple of years ago. He's now a member of the Birmingham Stallions in the USFL. And I think that's pretty cool. When you can get a quarterback that might sell a few seats, I think that's a really, really good thing. But I don't know if you remember him very well or not at Nebraska, but when he was on, he was dead on. When he was off, they lost. Do you remember Martinez? <laughs> I don't, but I'm I'm so glad that you brought up something to tie back to Nebraska because filling in for Lars, I was sitting here <laughs> brainstorming how to get something Nebraska onto this show. So I'm glad we, we jumped to there. Uh, well, that's good. It'll be up to you for the next 50 minutes to figure out a way to work um, the Bengals in. So, Oh, that'll be give me give me a couple seconds. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, please, if you'd like to dial in, it's 205-342-9904. Like I said, it's a blank canvas, and you have the brush and the strokes in hand. I was thinking about this interesting story. You know, we've been following Arch Manning. I can literally. Uh, since he was probably not even in high school yet. And his mm-hmm. numbers were incredible uh, when he was playing down in New Orleans. And, you know, he was a big dollar guy, big cats for Texas. But I guess he thought, or they thought, or whatever, that he would give Quinn Ewers a run for his money. Well, <laughs> Justin, you and I have seen firsthand that that didn't happen and it's not going to happen. What's his future? I th- I think I think there's still a chance for him to to stay firm, stay at Texas, continue to develop because the little that we've seen of him, he he clearly has a ways to go. And I don't I don't mean a, a long ways by any means, but there's a step he needs to take. And in a lot of circumstances, sitting behind somebody like a Quinn Ewers is going to be better for him in his career. What gets a little uh, blurred where the lines start to blur a little bit is when you have these other quarterback recruits that are incredible also coming into the program that will be challenging him for that job, assuming Quinn Ewers will be, um, will be leaving or whenever he does leave. That's when we could see an endless chaotic situations of Arch Manning being in the transfer portal. Could you imagine what the transfer portal will look like, the amount of money schools would be willing to offer for Arch Manning to go to their school? It would be Ryan Williams-like, because the numbers I'm told that are now being thrown at Ryan Williams, the outstanding wide receiver here from Sarah Land, Alabama, they're throwing millions at him to try and get him to go other schools. And I think Auburn's the most noted. Not like I'm you sure. have to secretly talk about it. I mean, <laughs> we know it goes on. Now, used to, you had to be very, very careful careful about where you pointed your finger. Not anymore. And I don't think Auburn's shying away from what they're doing. They're trying to woo the kid with cash. Uh, I don't know how it works as far as that's concerned. Do you go back and forth? Is it a, a bidding situation? Or, as I would suspect, and, and maybe you know, Justin, hmm. but I would think the University of Alabama, when it comes to to specific players that are come coming out of high school Alabama that do you, don't you think they have a ceiling for these players and, and once it exceeds that they'll just say hey have a good time and wherever you're playing at Texas Tech 
I think that's the way Saban would operate. Now, I've never heard him say that. What about you? you no, know, I think you're right. And we've heard him say something close to that um, initially at the start of all this NIL where people, if you can remember the storyline that recruits were wanting to get paid to come visit um, and Saban's response uh, to, to that line of questioning was kind of, uh, and this is paraphrasing, but kind of like, uh, uh, no, <laughs> like I'm not going to pay a recruit. I think he would have a similar response. There's definitely has to be a limit. And, and ultimately that goes to where I think we might be kind of headed with college football is some sort of organization or salary cap or something. And, and this could be 20, 30 years out, but you have to limit it somehow. And especially personally for these institutions, they also have to have a limit on how much they want to spend on a single player. I, th I think you're right. And you know what else I wonder about, and maybe I could find somebody that really knows the ins and outs of this from the, from the school standpoint, but the how much money is certainly a question I would like to ask, but how big a staff does it take, Justin? I mean, you have to have additional people now to keep up with your collectives. Are collectives run by the school? Uh, are they independent contractors? I just think about the number of people. You can't get assistant coaches and assistant to assistant coaches to continue to pile on their plate. Um, additional staff had to be hired, right? Oh, definitely. You're going to have to start hiring people uh, a, a retention team to make sure that people stay and don't exactly. just leave. Uh, we're talking... Uh, numerous jobs that are at each and every school that are created just because of these opportunities and just because of the rules that are around NIL. And th then I'd like to know uh, a lot of these guys, from what I read, these high schoolers have agents now. And now several states, Justin, are going to allow them to be paid. Missouri, for one, they're going to be paid while they're playing high school football. Yeah. Six-digit figures. Missouri, Amazing. initially, I think I think the legislation like that has been, uh, I don't think it's gone through or anything, but it's been talked about in Alabama, and I know in Georgia as well that yeah. it's happening. There has to be a line. This is, the, this is the, the big question, is where is the line drawn on NIL and who's going to do it? Uh, because we've seen all of this uh, hearings and, and stuff like that. And um, uh, Senator Tuberville has been, you know, up there promoting and, and vouching for college athletes and whatnot. And, but nothing's happened because of it. <laughs> so who's, who's, is it going to be coach? Maybe, maybe that's coach's ultimate um, coach Saban's ultimate retirement story is he retires and saves the college football world by drafting some rules or something. I don't, I don't know. It, it sounds like a comic book, super safe. It really safe does. College football. Um, hey, that's a big, that's a big seller there. <laughs> you know, um, you know, if there's anybody and, you know, I know we're homers in our state and uh, I, I openly admit that. Oh, sure. Sure. If there's one person that's around in college football right now that could get a handle on this, it's Nick Saban. That's a good point. Maybe that's something he's looking down the road. But I'll tell you what, on Tuesday, January 26th, he's not thinking at all about that. Nope. He's thinking about the Wolverines. Oh, and by the way, it is the 26th of December, and 
I've been blessed the last 11 years to be married to Karen. Y'all heard me talk about her. She's a wonderful woman, but happy anniversary, my sweet wife. Oh, congratulations. Hey, oh, it's just, uh, you talk about finding a soulmate. I did. I've been very blessed. All right. Uh, hey, again, take some calls. Give us a dial at 205-342-9904. Big Noon Sports brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union All Mortgage. Dead back. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Well, sunshine has been increasing through the morning hours. We look for that trend to continue into afternoon. The daytime high today near 58. Tonight we'll go down to 36 with partly cloudy skies. Then for your Wednesday, a decent supply of sunshine and an afternoon high near 58. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. It is Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson's taking Christmas off. And uh, Justin Jones, a longtime producer at Tide, is with us. He is uh, filling in for Lars. And of course, we've got Noah, who is running all the controls back there at Tide 100.9. Hey, let me go back to the uh, final question I asked of Jeff Spiegel. Um, and that's what's the future of Jim Harbaugh moving ahead? Yeah, well, and uh, following that question, I kind of shopped around the idea. I've, I've heard several theories of Jim Harbaugh and his next destination um a one being the chargers i think the chargers job is maybe the most vouched um job right now in the nfl mainly because you're walking into it with a franchise quarterback already in hand justin herbert um, has already shown he's got the talent to play that role uh just needs somebody to coach that role as well as the defense which was brandon staley's problem i think when he was there before being let go um just a couple weeks ago um but but who knows? <laughs> Jim Harbaugh is is kind of all over the place, and he's hard to read. So I I think as of right now, the highest likely, um, the most likely outcome for Jim Harbaugh is he's going to be in the NFL and he's going to be coaching a team, um, assuming that he leaves Michigan probably sometimes after sometime after they're out of the playoff. How much influence do you think his brother is, you know? His brother, I think they may win a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> they definitely but look capable of it. They, uh, yeah. they. Uh, although, man, the Ravens, whew, pretty darn good too. So, anyway, I just wonder, you don't you kind of picture the Harbaugh sons in the backyard, dad, puts the gloves on, have them duke it out. Um, much, much in the way was it, um, Buddy Ryan, again, these are before you were born, but uh, I think it was Buddy Ryan that was the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, great team in 85, 86. And he would just tell his sons to go out in the backyard, bare knuckle it till one of them dropped. But I kind of really went off on a tangent there, but that's the, you know, I do wonder openly if Jim doesn't look at his brother and think, you know, I want to do that too. Well, he almost he almost won it all just a few years ago. So, yeah, it's, well, 
you know, Spiegel was telling us uh, that that could be the case, that Jim looks at John a little envious because I think Jim ha- very much has his Super Bowl run um, and, and multiple NFC championship runs in the in the forefront of his mind. It's definitely a reminder to him as he sees his brother have all the success that he's having right now in the league. Yes, and Spiegel was the one that put that seed in my brain and <laughs> wonder if it's not going to go ahead and pan and pan out. No, and I that's going to be the the uh the other th- there's just so I'm just so ready for this game because a lot of these questions are going to be answered. I think uh, whether Alabama wins or loses, say they win, we're going to figure out what's going to happen with Harbaugh. Probably not initially, but shortly uh, after that. And then if they don't, say say hypothetically, Michigan goes and wins the whole thing. Are we still asking these questions, or is Harbaugh going to take the the contract extension and and maybe try to go back to back? Who knows. I don't know. There's just something. I think we all lean in this direction. It's just something that tells me Harbaugh, maybe it's because he hadn't signed this contract that has the stipulation he can't leave Michigan to go to the NFL. And with the money they're offering, you know, sign it, go to the NFL anyway. What are they going to do, sue you? Yeah, of course they are. But <laughs> how long is that going to last? I mean, um, there's a reason, and attorneys can find the loopholes in these contracts, and who knows, he'll be with the Chargers next year, whatever the case may be. But I think collectively, you, you and I, and Speaks, I think, I think Harbaugh's gone. I think he's the NFL, and the more I hear, the more I believe he'll be at, uh, with the Chargers. I. I think one of us is right <laughs> between the three of us. So, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see. All right, um, another topic or two. Uh, I did see this, and he was a part of the Florida State team that went undefeated and won their conference championship because he had to replace Jordan Travis, but Tate Rodemaker. Yeah. Uh, has entered the transfer portal. He was quarterback at Florida State when, of course, he came in uh, in relief in the UNA game. They won that game. And then he led him to victory over Florida. Then he had a brain. He was concussed, I think, or some type of a head injury where yeah, he had to sit out. Yeah, he had to sit out. And then the young Glenn, true freshman, uh, led him to victory and an ACC championship. So Florida State's got issues. and the more racks up. I think the number I last saw, and this may or may not include Rodemaker in the transfer portal, was 15. 15 of their starting players are in the transfer portal and most likely won't play against Georgia in the Orange Starters? Bowl. Starters. Yes, sir. Well, let me, let me verify, that but that's that's the number I saw. Wonder how much that line has grown? Because I think Georgia goes in there with uh, with something with a little chip on their shoulder. Because see, they they think they should have been in the Final Four too. I'm not sure when it came right down to it. Was I, I think, the top four teams in the nation. Oh, they they probably were. Um, but like you said, when it when it came down to it, though, I don't they. 
they couldn't justify leaving FSU out again and then putting in in Georgia, um, and they wouldn't put Georgia in over us. Maybe Texas gets left out, but at that point it becomes politics, which you know we've discussed, and I'm sure FSU has discussed, especially the politics part <laughs> more recently than uh, than any Alabama fans uh, care to put effort into. But I think. Uh, both teams, Georgia and Florida State, came into this game. You would have thought with a chip on their shoulder and wanting to prove that they deserved a chance. But it's been two sides of, of a coin here where Georgia is, I believe Bowers is going to play in the game, if I'm not mistaken. And um, they're going to be pretty hyped up to play against FSU because FSU thinks that they should have been in. Yeah. But on the other side of the coin, FSU's kind of just laid down. And all, like we were just saying, all of their players are entering the transfer portal. They're now going to be have. They're going to start their uh, their third string quarterback that helped them win the ACC championship. Although he didn't do very much in that game, as we saw, it was a not a fun game to watch. I think Georgia's going to roll in there and win big and kind of make a statement. Uh, Kirby Smart and the dogs. I uh, I believe that as well. Yeah, I'm trying to look quickly into the. Uh... Oh, the schedule for these teams coming up, and if there's a noticeable line change, now that we're seeing more and more people depart Florida State University, it's a tough situation to be in. I would, what do you kind of think, and I'll go back and forth on this, Justin, mm-hmm. I understand why um, these guys opt out. But I was listening to Christian Miller and the Miller's Edge uh, a couple shows ago. And, you know, Christian's all about the team, the team factor. And he was talking about going to Pasadena to play the Rose Bowl against Texas, where they were at the Rose Bowl. They were in a national championship. And he said he wasn't there for the party. He was there to win and be a part of his team. And I guess my little panacea world thinks that everybody uh, – should be that way and stay, play for your team. You're, you're one more rah, 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 rah. When most of these kids are, I guess, smart enough to say, why would I risk injury? Yeah, we just, it's just not, um, I would agree with you. I think that's how I would be probably, but, I, but I'm not a Division One football player. And that's just not the way college football is anymore. The, even in the last five years, the amount of change that we've seen is remarkable. It's it's crazy. I don't think anyone would believe you if they told if you told them then that this is how it would be. And that Georgia Florida state line is actually at a I'm seeing it minus 16 and a half for Georgia right now and 17 for some. Well, I could see it moving on. Um man, 16 and a half to 17 points. In uh, Miami too. They're in Florida, so it's it's probably more so a home game for Florida State, although I'm sure um, Georgia fans will take a, a trip down I-75 and have a big presence as well. Do the Seminoles play dejected and get smacked around bad? I really think so. I, I really think it's going to be ugly, and uh, uh, if, if I'm a, a fifth stringer for Georgia, I'd... Um, I'd start preparing for some some substantial game time in the Orange Bowl. So you like Georgia in a big way. I do. 
I was okay. So sixteen and a half, though. That's you know. Mm, that's a big number. I don't know. <laughs> you do the math on it. That's three scores. So I, I I'll I'll say Georgia wins, but they don't cover. It's close though. I think, uh, huh? I have the feeling Georgia's going to kick their Seminole butts up around their neck. Because um, I haven't seen a lot of Georgia players opt out. Have you? Uh, Georgia has also had a lot of players yeah. uh, opt out, but it's not been as many key guys as you would think. It's a lot of their um, very talented recruits that are maybe one or two years in. Um, I think a defensive lineman, um, and his name is beside me right now, but uh, has been one of the biggest losses, and he was really only a second-string starter. On the other side, though, Matt, a game I really want to talk about, which I might, I kind of have similar opinions on as the Georgia-Florida State, is Texas and Washington. I kind of want to talk about that with you and see what you think of this game coming up. I can do that, and I'll give you a couple of bowl updates because uh, we got one going on right now. We'll be back with more Big Noon Sports. The two winningest programs in college football history collide. Shayla, look, he's got it yeah. wide open. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. It's Saban versus Harbaugh. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Michigan Wolverines in the college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl. Our coverage starts at 1 this Monday on your home for Alabama football. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. Tune in to from T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Uh, just a quick update from the Quick Lane Bowl. At, uh, Bowling Green is leading Minnesota just a past midway in the first quarter. Bowling Green's up seven to six. Later today, you got Texas State and Rice. Oh, by the way, footnote on Minnesota. They were allowed an exemption. They did not finish at 500. They were less. They finished at five and seven. But the NCAA has some type of power rankings that if you don't have enough teams that are bowl eligible record wise, there are allowances. Well, uh, two were James Madison and Jacksonville State. We all know what happened with the Gamecocks, but Minnesota was the other, 
as uh, some kind of power strategy, numbers, mathematics, whatever that they do, that I guess literally said that Minnesota was the best 5-7 team in the nation. I don't know if you make a banner for that. <laughs> but um, one other thing is I was just scrolling through here. I was looking at ticket costs. Then we're going to talk about Texas and Washington. But uh, what do you think the lowest available ticket, according to this website, is for Alabama-Michigan? I feel like I saw some number. Is it's not it, a fair question. <laughs> is it maybe like 280? Hey, very good. 344. 344. Given the amount of information and time I gave you to think <laughs> about that, I think that was a darn good answer. By the way, uh, Texas, Washington, the Sugar Bowl, um, you can get those tickets for 183 so about half the cost you can to see Alabama, Michigan in purpose. But then I went ahead and I scrolled all the way down, going two weeks to Monday, January 8th, the national championship presented by AT&T. That's in Houston. Tickets as low as $1,549. You, th- you threw me off there. I heard the as low and I was like, oh, wow, must not. Yeah. Well, it's a zero. <laughs> As low as one thousand, basically fifteen hundred dollars. Man, I just don't have that laying around change like some people do. I, I know when I was in Tampa in high school and we went to the national championship game there, uh, we paid a third of that uh, to get tickets to go. Five hundred dollars a ticket. Uh, about it. Yep. Yeah, that's you know that I can see that, but. I, I'm amazed now at what I pay for concert tickets. It's just, and then half of that goes to whoever the provider is to hit a click button. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not going to go down Matt's gripes about how much it costs to see the Eagles. Okay, <laughs> but I do want to go Texas, Washington, and I'll let you pick it up from there. Yeah, well, I, I'm curious what you think because I, I feel like I have a, a pretty hot take on this game. Uh, the the line right now is. Uh, Mostly favoring Texas, uh, minus four, minus four and a half for some. I think Texas wins by double digits. Sorry, not double digits, but two scores against Washington. I've had criticisms of Washington all season. Um, I'm a hater, if you will, but I think their offensive line is going to struggle so much against the front of Texas that we saw come into Tuscaloosa and Brian Denny and absolutely dominate the Crimson Tide. Uh, of course, that's early in the season, and, and our, a lot of our Caden Proctor specifically hadn't been battle-tested, hadn't gained that experience just yet. But the only time that we've seen Michael Penix Jr. struggle all season is when he's faced pressure. And, yeah. man, I think it makes a big difference, and I think, it, I think it makes a big difference quick. I think regardless of whoever gets the ball, the Washington offense is going to be stunned, and clearly their defense was not the strength of that team it might Penix be. Is, it just might be. It might be bad for Washington, in my my opinion. Penix is just so accurate with just this wonderful spin on the ball. But you are right. When you pressure him, he makes mistakes. He throws interceptions. Now he didn't throw many this year. He threw nine, but he did throw throw some really critical ones. So I would lean in the direction of Texas. Just and. 
you know, I'm not throwing large stones, just medium sized ones <laughs> at the Pac 12. But the defenses out there are just not Texas. They're not Alabama. They're not Georgia. And I just wonder because what you just said, uh, we watched Texas out physical Alabama on both lines of the scrimmage. And they that forced mistakes. Um, Milro had difficulties. Of course, he's grown light years since then. But pressure on Penix is the key here, I would think, for Texas. But well, here, go ahead. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, I don't like it <laughs> because I, I would rather face Washington in a yeah. national championship game because I, I'm still uh, still kind of PTSD, I guess, from watching Texas come in here. I, I, <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is, especially with Quinn Ewers. And the throughout the year where we saw Texas struggle was when Quinn Ewers was hurt, um, which I think particularly the Oklahoma game that they ended up losing. So a healthy Texas after just beating Washington, which I think is going to be pretty badly, going into a national championship game in Houston – I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope I hope I hope I'm wrong. The in Houston part will have an effect on it. I mean, because you're in the state, you're playing in front of your own fans. Meanwhile, Washington's got to travel what a couple thousand miles, fifteen hundred miles, something like uh, that, to get to Houston, Texas. So, um, I think that you'll see quite a few fans, uh, more fans at the New Orleans Sugar Bowl. All-State Sugar Bowl. I got a little twisted on my sights there. My apologies. <laughs> but um, Texas is just a short drive, literally across the border. Washington's got to fly. So um, we'll see how it is from New Orleans and then uh, traveling, moving forward to what I hope will be. So you're saying you think it will be Alabama-Texas? I think it will be. But you hope it's Alabama-Washington. Yes, yeah. Alabama met Washington in the playoffs quite a few years ago. Yeah. In fact, and, I think Herbert was their quarterback. Was it Is Herbert? Right? Herbert was Oregon, I think. Um, oh, you're right. It, who was the quarterback? Man, I can't think of it, but I, <laughs> I can remember it. it was a notable player. Um, but that was a very favorable outcome for uh, for the Crimson Tide in, in that yeah. playoff meeting. Uh which it seems like a lot of the times Alabama's had that in their uh, semifinal games, particularly against uh, what Notre Dame, Oklahoma was a relatively smooth game. Um, so the the history's there. We can. Ex- I'd love to extend the history in the national championship game, especially as if, like you said, even at Houston. Um, Alabama fans would have a greater impact in Houston than they would uh, the Washington fans that would be having to travel so far. Yeah, I'm trying to look up the box score when Alabama beat Washington 24-7. Just to satisfy my curiosity on who their quarterback was. Someone of note, though. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Good time, uh, good time to take a call before we wrap up uh, at 2 o'clock. You can dial us up right now at 205-342-9904. Of course, my computer freezes up when I finally get to the site. December 31st, 2016 
Alabama beat Washington soundly 24 to 7. But sometimes I, I think we don't give the Huskies a lot of credit. I mean, making the uh, football championship round is a pretty big deal. And they've done it twice. Yeah, and their quarterback was, uh, I believe it's Jake Browning. And, yes, uh, that's, that's it. Miles Gaskin was the, the main offensive production for them. He uh, played for the Dolphins for a long time, Miles Gaskin. Now, testing the old man memory here. Jake Browning, is that the guy that's starting for Joe Burrow? We're trying to get the Bengals in. It sure is. There we go. There's the Bengals tie-in. Yeah, Jake yeah. Browning. Jake Browning is the uh, the quarterback right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. Sure. It, wow. We got there. Well, <laughs> we did, and I think we did it through proper process. Yeah, we, we did. Didn't immediately inject it into the conversation without note. That was a that was a good. Hey, that old man memory, Matt. I think you got uh, it. Still, it might be young man memory. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. But oh, uh, uh, I want to. Can we switch to baseball? You're kind of a Braves fan, aren't you? Um, I'm kind of. My my grandfather was a big Braves fan. Um, I tend to pull for the the Tampa Bay Rays, but um, oh yeah. I'm definitely fully aware on the uh, Shohei Otani dealings and, um, man, the amount of money that's been thrown around in the MLB. Yeah, and they just uh, – the the Dodgers just signed this statistically unbelievable pitcher from Japan. Um, I think it's from the Buffaloes maybe, one of the teams in Japan, and, and their highest league, which is really, really high AAA, low Major League Baseball quality. They have super, superstars. And uh, it's um, Yank, oh, TJ Yama, Yamamoto, right? I think. Yeah, and then there was a wrestler in the 60s, and now suddenly I can't say his name anymore. But, yeah, it's Yamamoto. Um, and... Did you see the numbers on this kid? Yeah. Ridiculous, I think. <laughs> the insane. Oh, yeah, he's like they threw 100 and uh, threw 823 in the third innings or something and his ERA was like 161. And he's That's, only 58, I think or something like that. Uh 510 maybe. I think he's not a big guy, but he can He's got a 99-mile-an-hour fastball, which is more than suitable for Major League Baseball in America. Um, but evidently, his his slider is just nasty, and then he's got a complimentary curveball, and that's why they signed him for $350 million. So you got two signees right there, a billion. Of course, you know, they wait it. Uh, and, and pass move forward to some of the payments so that it doesn't all go into their cap. But just uh, just a reminder, it's hot stove league. But, um, man, spring training is just a couple of months away. All right, you're listening to Big Noon Sports with Matt and Justin. Back after our final commercial break.
coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Hey, coming up on the Tuesday edition of The Game, we'll do our Dreamland score prediction day. Alabama, Michigan, Alabama's trip to Pasadena officially in the Rose Bowl. We're going to provide coverage from L.A. We will be there starting 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Join us right here on The Game on Tide 100.9, 1230 WTBC. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Well, sunshine has been increasing through the morning hours. We look for that trend to continue into afternoon. The daytime high today near 58. Tonight we'll go down to 36 with partly cloudy skies. Then for your Wednesday, a decent supply of sunshine and an afternoon high near 58. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It is indeed big noon sports. Uh, hey, Justin, I appreciate you hanging around today. It's been a lot of fun. It has been fun. I'm glad I uh, get to talk some football. It's like been bottled up. I'm ready to to see Alabama go and play in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> um, I am too. And you know, all of, a part of this, uh, we have all been following Eli Gold, you know, since his mm-hmm. early diagnosis with cancer, his victory over cancer. And he didn't travel with the team this year, but you know, if you're in the bucket, as they say, in the broadcast booth for as long as Eli has, he's, uh, he's as much a part of the team to fans than anybody else on the roster. Um, he came back. He sounded great. Did home games and the Alabama Auburn game, but he is not going to go and, Anybody can understand this. I wouldn't like to fly cross-country now anyway. Um, But Eli's going to stay, and I think justifiably so. Um, People were wondering, you know, he did call the Birmingham Bowl. Did you know that? I didn't. No, I didn't know that. I I didn't. uh, I I guess he did it for the radio, for ESPN Radio Network. But um, I just hope he's, he's hanging around, and when we open the mics up and 2024, we hear Eli Gold. I have no inside information. Let me emphasize that. Uh, nothing against Chris. He has filled in admirably. But Eli and I have known each other because we both moved to Birmingham about the same time in the uh, early 80s, I guess it was. So always pulling for Eli Gold and his health. And uh, I have no status information from Crimson Tide Sports Marketing. 
um, if he'll do a national championship game, if Alabama manages to, uh, you know, to get behind Michigan. We'll see, but I know you're very fond of Eli at the mic, too. I am, and you just said legend. Uh, the university's um, kind of slogan is, you know, where legends are made, and uh, I don't think anybody fits that uh, definition of the word better than Eli Gold, and I'm rooting for him all the time. I love to hear him. I love to hear him, you know, even when uh, when I wasn't in Alabama to be able to watch or listen to games on local radio. So I think it'd be awesome if he got to do uh, another uh, national championship game. And like you said, too, though, Chris Stewart does an outstanding job. Um, and I, I just love both those guys so much. You know, uh, Eli was born and raised in New York and I think Brooklyn. Um Here's a guy from Brooklyn that, with with accent and all, <laughs> that can come to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and get partnered with a uh, Southern draw slinging Kenny Stabler, um, and that was such a perfect pair. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to them or not. You were relatively young, but they had immediate north-south chemistry, and it's just a lot of fun to listen to them. I, yeah, I don't think I ever heard him with um, Kenny Stabler. I think the earliest maybe I heard him was at the start of Nick Saban's coaching career here, so maybe 2008, 2007. Um, but as I grew older, I, I started to understand the impact and the uh, the amount of passion that both Eli had for, for the Crimson Tide but also for that the, the, the fans had for him. And Auburn's the same way. Um, Jim Fife is an icon. He died, unfortunately, too early in life. But then Rob Bramlett took over. Outstanding job. Uh, but then he, too, unfortunately passed away in a horrible traffic accident. And that. now you got Andy Burcham. And, you know, when you get to that post in the broadcast booth, you're part of the team, like I just said a minute ago. It's important. No, it definitely is, and I think that's uh, I th- that's an emphasis on just uh, broadcasters uh, around the nation with all of the bowl games going on, uh, and like we're updating just a little bit ago, Bowling Green in Minnesota are playing right now. There's um, people calling those games, and that's uh, they're as much a part of team as they are uh, the players. I, th- I don't think that's a stretch to say, and. Uh, it's 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 a celebration of them and also these the teams and their accomplishments this season with the bowl games that we're going to be able to get to enjoy in the next couple of weeks. Um, can't wait. Did you get an update on Minnesota? Uh, it's it's still seven to six. I'm kind of I'm I'm baffled here looking at their helmets. They have the the face of the Gopher on one side and then the big M. On the other, uh, it's definitely a, a fashion choice. I think that they're making in the uh, in the, the bowl game here. I've uh, always been a little curious uh, about the Minnesota logo. You know, the M with the blocks around all of the beginning endpoints there okay. on the M. It's just something weird about it. it. Always seemed like it was upside down. And then look at it upside down and say, no, no, now it looks more upside down. <laughs> but I can't wait. I'm going to flip my television on here in a minute. I can't wait to see what their helmets are now. It's definitely give strange. Me a, give me a uniform outside of Alabama 
in college football that you really, really love? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that's a hard one because the if you're going Alabama, it's the road whites and there's no other answer. Um, I really can't pick. I'm just so Alabama everything. I, I think there's plenty. I like uh, – I. As much as I hate to say it, I think Texas burn orange looks pretty good sometimes. I, uh, I've always loved UCLA and USC, particularly when they played back in the days of O.J. Simpson and Gary Beban. Yep, folks, I'm that old. But that blue offset with the gold for UCLA, and then there's nothing like the garnet and gold. I think that's their shade. It may be Florida State's, maybe both, but Back in the day when they could both wear their home colors, that was as pretty a football game as you would ever see. And of course, they had they had California cheerleaders. Uh, that part I'll just leave to your imagination. <laughs> um, but and you know what? I like the basic Penn States too. All classics. They are. Hey, uh, hey! Thanks for filling in. Not just a few minutes, two hours. Um, you gave Lars a break and me a lot of help. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> You're welcome, no worries. All right. And thank you to Noah. We appreciate what he does behind the glass. No one knows that better than Justin Jones. Have a wonderful day. We'll be back in 22 hours.